welcome to Ben on Spielberg. I'm Emily Schmemley, your resident Spielberg apatheticist. And I am Justin Kizan, your resident Spielberg fanatic. And here we are today to talk about a movie that it was perhaps murky for a while whether or not Steven Spielberg directed it. Uh, and that film is called Poltergeist. Poltergeist uh, is, okay, so... Paul Poltergeist. Geist. Hello, I'm Poltergeist. <laughs> Um, Paul Geist is an interesting place of his career. Yeah. Uh, because we are talking about, um, we, if you're not noticing, now we're at the phase of Spielberg-produced movies. Yeah. As, well, yeah. Well, we're not going to do everyone. No, what I'm saying is, well, this is also... Well, we're... we're I will <laughs> get to that. This doesn't necessarily signify that we're at the, that phase. I will get to that. <laughs> we will definitely get to that. But, yeah. like, um... And this is not his first one, obviously. You know? no. uh, that's not where his he's credited and didn't direct ish yeah. in this kind of yeah, but, but yes, but um, he's he definitely was a producer on Bob Zemeckis' first feature film. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I forgot it was a Beatles themed one. I completely forgot the title. Of it right I want to hold your hand. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, used cars. He basically was producing the the Bob Gale Zemeckis early yeah. works. Um, and uh, Poltergeist is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, definitely the one where I feel like it's where... Which is scarier to you in Mm -hmm. most situations? What's that? A ghost or a goose? (laughs) Ooh, I have a... Ooh, do I have time to talk about my horrifying goose story? Everyone has... Literally everyone has a horrifying (laughs) goose story because they're horrifying animals. They are horrifying tall creatures that don't give a about you. And they bite, and you wouldn't think it hurts when they bite, but it hurts when they bite. No, no, yeah, no, it's, like, yeah, no, uh, I guess the answer is I've had more horror, I've had a horrifying goose story than a ghost story, so. So geese are scarier than ghosts. Geese is scarier, poltergeese. Yeah. Um. (laughs) I just wanted to get that out on the record. But I uh, agree that geese are scarier (laughs) than ghosts. No, because, yeah, no, for sure. Um, so anyway, uh, what's interesting about poltergeist (laughs) Is the idea that uh, it's the one that seems a very Spielbergy one of the movies he's produced? Because yeah. when he was producing the, the other films or the uncredited producer, yeah. these are kind of more kind of not what you considered Spielberg air quote movies. Yeah, uh, Poltergeist definitely is, but therein lies the weird situation. Yeah, of Poltergeist. Um, so uh, let's talk about the the credited director. Yes. Uh, well, how familiar are you with Toby Hooper's work? I've seen and loved Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. And that's it. Same. Yeah. <laughs> and I will say, this movie definitely, definitely feels more like a Steven Spielberg movie than yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think that was part of my mindset watching this one yeah. last night, was that I'm sitting there going like, I kind of wish I saw more Toby Hooper films, Yeah. so I can kind of compare... Mm-hmm styles yeah. to a certain degree because uh, yeah i'm like you yeah, i've only seen and loved yeah. the original texas chainsaw massacre yeah which is this awesome like dirty yeah <laughs> screwed, very dirty screwed up movie yeah that obviously influenced so many horror films after it yeah um this one too i would say i really noticed how much it's influenced horror movies that have come like especially now like it feels like it kind of follows the same format that like every every ghost horror movie follows now, which is like there's a ghost, then mm-hmm. there's investigators, yeah. and then yeah. Um, a direct one that's almost to the point where they've admitted it's like it's basically t- 
two D- DNA strands away from ripping up Poltergeist, yeah. but it's a fun movie. He's Insidious. Yes, I would like to talk about Insidious a lot more later. As okay, well. for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, here's the okay. So if you, if you don't know, let's mm-hmm. address it. What's the issue with credited Toby Hooper? There's a lot of rumors swirling around, and I would say at this point the rumors have pretty much been confirmed. Like right. people have come out and said it that uh, Toby Hooper actually did not direct this movie, but in fact Steven Spielberg did. Um, and as I'm doing my little revisit last night, yeah, I'm sitting there going like, "It's not. It's not hard to think that." Yeah, it's really not. Um, and there's like all these reasons of like weird sort of legal contract reasons why. Yeah. Toby Hooper kind of maybe agreed to, like, I'll take the credit, but I know you want to do this, so I'll just kind of hang out on set while you direct it, because that, if that's how we need to do this to right. make it work. I heard that. That's the more recent one. Yeah. Uh, I think, I forgot who, a member of the crew Yeah. Uh, brought that up. And it's been this weird case of a combination of, it's been a combination of uh, Toby wasn't mentally there, because he was yeah. on, I heard one weird thing, he was kind of drugged up, that's what Zelba or something that's that's what actress Zelda that's all the Rubenstein suggested when she it's was. It's hard not to say Fitzgerald is it? I know. I can sense, I can sense <laughs> you having that issue. Because <laughs> um, as far as she was concerned, when she came on set, Spielberg directed her for her six days of work. Yeah. Um, other people just kind of said it was a weird collaboration that yeah. was a mixture of Stephen and Toby. Yeah. And I I could argue one sequence that I went that feels like Toby Hooper. Yeah. But there's so much of it that might that feels like Spielberg, and what helps it feel like Spielberg is the editor. Yeah, it's Michael Kahn. Yeah, um, Spielberg's only editor, and so that's what adds to it. It's like mm-hmm. it's Michael Kahn editing, so it feels like Spielberg's editing. Yeah, and um, it's Jerry Goldsman now doing his John Williams again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, but but. Uh, just real quick then, what you know, uh, the, what was the first time it, that you saw Poltergeist? I saw it a few years ago. Um, it was just one of those movies like, oh, this is like a classic, quote-unquote, so I, sh- I should get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really like it when I saw it uh, uh, years ago, uh, yeah. but I also, it was long enough ago that I didn't really remember anything about it going into this watch. Okay. How about you? Um, yeah, it was one of those uh, cable movies. Mm. I always saw Chucks, you know, I always yeah. saw like, um, the last 30 minutes, I always seem to, or, uh, but I, I think it's been like probably good decades since I've seen most of the movie. Yeah. Um, if not all, I actually completely forgot how the film ended. So, yeah. um, uh, yeah, this last time was a, I guess we could say the legit real time I actually sat through from beginning to end yeah. to watch Poltergeist. Did you like it prior to this watch? I liked chunks of it. What I, I liked yeah. what I saw. Yeah. It looked interesting. Um, and definitely Spielberg vibes were throughout. Yeah. Um, suburb, you know, normal people, suburban people in weird situation yeah. scenarios. So I'm like, um, the scene that I remember the most was like, because it was a, fr- a friend of mine actually brought it to film school for editing. Mm. An editing question yeah. was uh, the scene where um, uh, the mom is uh, showing Craig T. Nelson. Oh, the dog is just uh, sort of <laughs> full a s- on a- attack upon the table which the recorder was sitting on she's like hey what if i just jump directly into what? this your head straight into the, ch- the legs <laughs> Are you okay poppy i think she wants to leave right now so okay. i'm gonna let you keep oh, ta- oh you got it okay. i can I'll take care of it yeah okay. 
Sorry for another dog interruption. That's a regular feature on Ben on Spielberg. It, it wouldn't be the show. No. Without, without it. Without some kind of dog interaction. Um, so yeah, he, it was the scene where, um, yeah, showing Kratinos in the chair was yeah. moving and, and such. And I think there was a weird, and I, even now I was like, yeah, that's a weird edit. Is yeah. She's describing to Kratinos in the whole day and has this awkward cut yeah. to their neighbor. Yeah. And that's something that we've, that I even now I'm going, that is a weird cut. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I kind of, I sort of see where they were going with the cut, but then for some reason it just doesn't flow. It was. Do you mean a, the, them talking to the neighbor? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. It's a cut where it's like she's explaining her how her day was going, and then it's, she's mid sentence. Yeah. And it goes straight to the neighbor who's like eating chili or something. Yeah. Um, it was a fun little scene with the neighbor, though. I that was a, that. That was a fun little scene. Yeah. Um, well, how do you feel about the movie now? I hate it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but here's the. the Mm-hmm. The interesting thing, I um, even though I'm I'm the Spielberg hypotheticist here, the parts that I liked were the parts that were most Spielbergy. Really? Yeah. Um, I really liked the first like forty minutes, mm-hmm. and then I felt like they just completely abandoned any sense of build, and it's like okay, everything is going to happen with the ghost now. Right. And then it's like another hour and twenty minutes of just no more building, just like yeah. everything's happening and you just kind of have to sit through that for fucking 80 minutes. And yeah. it's, it's, it's interminable. I hate <laughs> it. Um, I can see that. I, I mostly was enjoyed it. Yeah. But I can, those first 40 minutes are really fucking good. Though. I'll super agree with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it, it, it here's the thing. It, it's okay. Here's the other question. And the kids, yeah. How do you feel about them? I like them in the first 40 minutes, and then in the it seems like you could just hire anyone to scream for the last hour 20. That's that's impressive already now. Yeah. This is a Spielberg-produced film, yeah. and you like the kids. Well, I've, I've, I, this, to me, does remind me a lot of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And right. I like the kids in that movie, too. Mm-hmm. Um, where I don't know. The kids just seem really real to me. I really... Um, my favorite scene in this movie, I think, is when the bird dies, and um, oh, yeah. uh, little Carol Ann is sort of planning out the little bird funeral the mm-hmm. thing she needs to put in the bird coffin right she needs a flower because it stinks she needs a little piece of licorice in case he gets hungry <laughs> a picture of them and the dog in case he gets lonely mm-hmm. she doesn't like the cigar box he always hated the smell of the yeah, cigar box that's why he needs the flower yeah, that yeah. was a very sweet scene I really like that a lot right um and of course the little bird are going like can we look at decomposing yeah, after can we look at the bones after <laughs> um but yeah I mean once it hits a certain point it's just like I don't know. It, it there's just it feels like nothing going on with them. At what point uh, is what? Do you know the scene that made you kind of? What's the scene that made you go? Okay, I'm kind of already disconnecting. So I like the scene when uh, he first talks to the paranormal investigators. Yeah. But then as soon as they go to the house and they see the room with everything flying around, it's like, oh, you're doing that already. Like mm. you've already seen like maximum like proof of these ghosts. Like uh, there's no tension. There's no build. It's just right. gonna be this. And I looked at the time, and that's when I saw, oh, there's an hour twenty left. Yeah. 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 Um, that was the moment when I, I it crossed over for me and like, oh, I'm mm-hmm. not into this anymore. <laughs> um, I think for me it was that I was fine with this. I think a good term, and I've used it heard a couple of times for other movies, but I'll use it for this is that I'm kind of fine with some of the spooktacular elements. Yeah. Of the finale and and of the of some of this stuff here. Now, what do you mean by the finale? Because they did two of them, I would argue. Well, no, um, both finales. Okay. <laughs> Um, but I, I kind of like elements of it, but I, I, I'll admit that you're right. There is a bit of a weird no build-up to them. Yeah. 
Um, once we get to the investigators, yeah, it is f- like 20 minutes into their tour, yeah. full on. Oh, and I guess that's almost a point too. Is the idea there? Because there's that scene of the one guy who's like, oh, no, I have an amazing time-lapse footage. It took me a whole day to, to record this thing that's moving that took, like, seven hours for a car to move. And he's like, yeah. oh, cool, okay. Yeah. Open the door, and it's just hell in a room. So I almost yeah. see that as a bit of a counterpoint to the, to the scene. But I think it works that way, but it's... <laughs> but I'm with it's you. It's like a big, yeah. I'm with you. There's no build to it. Yeah. Um, um, but the first year, I th- I'm, I'm with you. The first 40 minutes is some pretty interesting stuff and it's normally when you do a movie about a ghost or a haunted house type stuff it's yeah. it's kind of creepy yeah and and like oh no what's you know you don't trust it i've you've seen enough ghost ha- haunted house movies yeah there's a tone but what's funny about it is that the spielberg element mm-hmm. there's an actual bit of a little more exploration yeah and fascination which i really liked and then i feel like they it just did not give me enough of that yeah but there is that is cool though like yeah. the scene with the mom i described yeah it is kind of cool for once Instead of, oh my god, honey, there's this things that... She's like, I want to show you something that's kind of cool. Yeah. And she's got like the... She's circled the point. She's got the arrows on the floor. Yeah. That's probably my favorite scene in the movie. That a, scene is really good. That scene's great. And she puts the helmet on, on Aunt uh, Carol Ann. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think Craig T's very good in the movie. Yeah. And and Joe Beth Williams, who's, who plays the, the mom. Yeah. But I, I really like, oh, Craig T's has uh, got to do it at this nice middle ground. Of, yeah. He's got to be the dad. Yeah. Um... But he can't be boring. Yeah. He can't be too mean. No. Um, but you have to believe him as a guy who's starting to like lose faith in what's happening around him. Yeah. Whereas Joe Beth, uh, Williams' character, has to be the one who wants to believe. Yeah. Um, and have some faith. But there are also the fact that this is also a look, it's a happy couple. Yeah. <laughs> in a Spielberg movie. Yeah, that is very, that's rare. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think he does a good job with that. I think they both do really, really well in this yeah. movie. Yeah, there's um, a legitimate chemistry between the two. Yeah. Um, Carol Ann and the, Carol Ann, played by Heather O'Rourke, yeah. um, and the Rod, Roddy? Sure. Her brother. <laughs> um, you know, I kind of go back to when you're thinking about Close Encounters, but you know what? Yeah, the way they bicker yeah. reminds me a lot of the kids who were fighting in the one scene yeah. in Close Encounters, except <laughs> this time now they're the lead characters. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Are they the lead characters? More, well, more main characters. Uh, they don't uh, disappear halfway through. They might as well. To, well, to a certain degree. Yeah. That's true. There's a bit at the... That's true. Yeah. I feel there... I'm, listen, I feel like I got a better idea of them yeah. than, than than Richard Dreyfuss' That's dude. true. <laughs> Children yeah. in, in Close Encounters. Yeah. Um, um, and there's also... Uh, we also... There's a teenage daughter played yeah. by Dominique Dunn yeah. um, who sadly, tragically passed away. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to go into that yeah, that's Detail. real. It's real dark. If you want to, if you want to get bummed out, you can just go ahead and check out how she died. Um, yeah, but yeah. Um, Heather O'Rourke as well also died tragically, sad, very young. Very um, young, uh, right? Four months before the release of Poltergeist Three, yeah. I found out, which is yeah, that's that's yeah. We'll address that really quick. Now there that's, is a that that would be the curse we alluded to. Yeah, yeah, the Poltergeist curse, um, which I. There's really no other basis other than the fact that everybody's just connected to the poltergeist. Yeah. Right? But also, like, so there, there's been a bunch of people that people have claimed have been, like, killed by the poltergeist curse. Mm. But other than those two, it's all, like, people who were pretty old or had, yeah. had a terminal disease before being in the movie. And right. it's just like, well, no, this person was 78, and that's... Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, no, it, it's bound to happen, and that's, yeah. that's terrible. But the two kids, yeah, that, I mean, yeah, they, they were... 
they were very young. No, no, specifically Heather O'Rourke. Yeah. That's that's legitimately a terrible thing. Yeah. yeah I, I, in terms of just how young she was, yeah. you know. Uh, and Dominic Dunn, yeah, like I said, yeah, look, you can look up how, but it's not very pretty. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, the... the what else about the first 40 minutes that really grabbed you about the, the film? I just really liked the... the it just felt so much like a real family. Um, yeah. I, I thought it did such a good job with that. And it really excited me to be like, okay, this is like they're really building this <clears throat> great foundation to have a good... To, to, to get good and spooked. And then yeah. it just kind of was like... And then, I don't know, it just, it just blew up. Everything happened at once. It reminded me, actually, if we, we could talk about Insidious now. Mm-hmm. I really wish I could kind of smush these two movies together uh-huh. because I I love the Insidious series. I think it does the ghost stuff. <laughs> I know, like, listen, it's easy to, for a movie to come twenty years later after <laughs> all these influences have melted on and, and right. technically better. But I do think like the ghost stuff in Insidious is just so much better. But it, it does not do the kind of foundational character work as well as this movie does. I agree. I yeah. really wish I could just kind of smush those those movies together into <clears throat> a delicious ghost sandwich. You know, because yeah, I think. Um... Well, here's the cool thing about Insidious, uh, mm-hmm. if I can go into Insidious for a bit, is that it, it's it's a movie that's very clearly inspired by Poltergeist. Yeah. But I feel like I'm never once watching it going, oh, you're clearly a Poltergeist ripoff. Yeah. I feel like, oh, clearly the basis is Poltergeist. Yeah. Well, even down to the fact that you know, the big finale, well, the first finale yeah. of the film is um, is uh, Joe Betts Williams' character going in to grab... Yeah. Which is also uh, Carol- something that happens at the end of Insidious. But the cool thing here is it's, it's James Wan and, and, and Lee Winnell when they went to make yeah. Insidious. They're like, what if we went with him? Yeah, what if we see that? Yeah. And that's, oh god, I should rewatch Insidious. I love that movie. First, it's a, I have not seen it past one, Yeah, but one's really, really good. Two and three are good, too. They're not as good as one, but they're good. Um, but yeah, I, I like that that's where that's how you get inspiration correctly. Where yeah. it's like, you know that thing in Poltergeist? Like, what the fuck was that like in there? Yeah. Like, can we do a movie that we almost build up to going to that world to yeah. see what it's like in there? Yeah. Um, I will say for both movies, what is kind of smart for both uh, Insidious and in the Indian Poltergeist is they both asked a question, if your house is haunted, yeah. and if you're noticing weird shit, yeah. like, leave. Yes. Just get out of the house. Well, that's... Okay, and that's also something where I think Insidious does it a lot better than Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. No offense to Poltergeist. Right, right. Um, because at, at Poltergeist, it gets to the point where, like... I think people are too hard on horror movies sometimes. We're mm-hmm. like, well, why wouldn't you just leave? And it's like, well, because you hear weird noises in the nighttime. That happens. Right. That does happen in real life. And in real life, it's never a ghost. Right. So you can't really, you can't penalize these characters for behaving like people would reasonably behave in real life. Right. Like, these people don't know they're in a movie. They think they're in real life. And when you right. hear something behind a door, it's not usually a ghost. Really. Right. But in Poltergeist, like, they see clear, definitive fucking proof of the ghosts right. so many times, and even after they get Carol Ann back, they still don't fucking leave. Right, right. And oh, then by the just, end of it, yeah. Yes, that's yeah. baffling to me. Like, I know they're on the process of moving out. But still. But maybe you should be already in the Holiday Inn. Like you said, we want to yeah. take the Holiday Inn, so and she's like, eh, <laughs> it's a bit of a drive, so. <laughs> uh, I will say up to, okay, yes, yeah. but before that, I think the reason what I like what I'm going to say it's smart up to that point, yeah. fair, is when shit's at the interesting exploration point for them, right? Yeah. It's only when that one night where shit goes crazy. Yeah. And then Caroline gets sucked already in. already gone, yeah. So that's already just early enough for them to be, oh, this is... And that's... I that's, mean, I like that. Yeah. But that's why I think they should have stretched that period out longer than right. they did. Yeah. Because I, I, I like that there's a point where... Because it goes from, like, she's like, this is cool. It's right. cool that there are things we can't explain, and we have this weird thing where if you sit in the circle, the chair moves to the other part of the room, mm-hmm. to right to disaster, and that's, I, I don't know, that um, 
it makes logical sense that they couldn't leave because they had to get Carol Ann back. Right, but that's it's, what I was it's up. just so it's just so much time to be stuck in this movie where no real development is happening. No, and I'll give you that. Um, but definitely, I, I, that's what I mean by like that's why I still feel like it's good in the overall. Yeah. Is that like other movies may not do a thing like that and they'll just stay in the haunted house till shit goes crazy. Yeah. Um, but here it's like right when shit got crazy, the only reason they're not leaving is because yeah, is because Carol Ann's stuck in yeah. there. So I think that's actually pretty smart in keeping them in the house. Yeah. Keeping them motivated to stay in the house, even with all that crazy shit around them. To the point where they're they're sadly used to how yeah. the house is. Like, yeah. the investigators are looking around, and it's like, the lights are going weird. Like, oh, yeah, give it a... It's going to happen in a couple of minutes. Yeah. Like, that's where they're at. Yeah. You know? Um, they, they can't leave because Carol Ann. Yeah. You know? And the, that thing is... I'm totally thinking it's really... is, is kind of clever. You're right, though. Yeah. After finale one... There's they should, no reason for them. Yeah. There should no reason for them to still be in the house. No, yeah. they especially since like I didn't even understand. Like it just didn't make sense. Where like they had a conversation where she actively said like, "Oh, he he, he wants to stay at the Holiday Inn Express tonight," mm-hmm. and then that's the last we hear of it. And then they're just inexplicably not staying at the Holiday Inn that night, and I don't mm-hmm. know why. Right. Um. I don't. Yeah. yeah. Um. It's almost like they wanted to do one more big. Yeah. Big crazy spook. That I got real problems with that last big crazy spook too. Okay, because that's also it, it. Also, it feels like it turns into a different movie where it's like, um, Joe Beth Williams has just gotten out of the bath and she's like in her underwear yeah. and it's like the ghost pulls her shirt up a little bit. Yeah. It's like, why is this suddenly a exploitative sexy ghost movie? Like, and, why that's never been that up until this point. And therein lies the question of. Yeah, is that a Toby? That thing? is maybe that <laughs> a Toby thing. Yeah. So here's my two sequences that I'm I. I'm thinking might be Toby stuff. Yeah. The one clear one for me mm-hmm. is the haunted stake. Yes. I'll which hear leads that, yeah. which leads to the the one of the investigators. The haunted stake, one of the investigators is listen, I don't know. Have you ever done some like work where you're working mm-hmm. inside of someone's home? Yes. Would you help yourself to a fucking huge steak if well, you were going to make some food? Here's the thing. Even if the yeah. situation is as crazy as theirs, yeah. even if I'm starving and there's yeah. nothing nearby, if I don't at the minimum, the minimum, yeah. ask the person who owns the home, <laughs> right? can I please partake in something you have? Yeah. Because I am starving. <laughs> I won't do it! You know? <laughs> and not just for a take, but he goes and grabs like a big fucking juicy stick, like the most yeah. expensive thing he could find in the fridge. That's kind of messed up, dude. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I was totally thinking that. Yeah. There's While like, also eating a big chicken wing, too. Yeah. It's like, Jesus, I yeah. get it. You're helping, you're helping, but don't literally help yourself so much. Yeah. Um, but now this sequence where, yeah, it leads into him yeah, yeah. ripping his face ripping off. Ripping his own face off. Um, weird hallucination. Goopy, yeah. goopy horror, 80s horror goopy stuff. Yeah. Which is kind of fun in that own regard, but definitely I'm going... And also, I would say, really doesn't fit the film. Doesn't fit the film. Also, doesn't seem like Steven shot that. No. Like, everything about that, I went, this feels Toby Hooper. Yeah. Like, it's because it's, I feel like... Spielberg is not the kind of guy who would linger on an effect as long as those shots have been. Yeah. Even if he's doing a horror film like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I feel like that one, and I definitely feel like some of the finale yeah. might be him. Yeah. Um, uh, but there was, I'll tell you, the ones that I feel like feel like Spielberg, mm-hmm. some of the talking, some of the scenes with the investigators are talking to, yeah. when they're talking to Carol Ann, mm-hmm. there's a shot, uh, it's a simple shot of just, Craig T coming over a lamp 
turning it on and, and yeah. talking, you know, and then the rack focuses to one of the other kids in the back. And I went, that feels like Steven. Yeah. Like, no offense to Toby Hooper, but yeah. I feel like, yeah, that's a Spielberg-y shot. Yeah. He'll do something like that, you know. Um, uh, what do you think of the Jerry Goldsmith score? I liked it a lot, actually. It, it, yeah. It, so- it does sound like he's doing John Williams, but I think he's doing a good job of it. This is the third time yeah. we've I've, sit th- I've sat through Jerry Goldsmith doing John Williams. Yeah. And I definitely could say, shadow of a doubt, this is the best one yeah. of the three. We have. It's, it was the Amazing Stories episode yeah. and the Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm with, I definitely think this is the good one, though. Yeah. It, it does feel like it's almost to the point where I feel like some of the suburban stuff at the beginning is is him overdoing yeah. John Williams' happy family stuff. Yeah. And uh, yet, I didn't mind it here yeah. nearly as much as I minded it in Hook. I was going to so bring that up. <laughs> I, don't, I couldn't tell you why, but for some reason it bothered me so much more in Hook than it yeah. did here. Um, you know, another weird detail, I feel like it's a Spielberg-y thing. Yeah. In terms of either if he's literally saying action in this sequence or yeah. he just suggested it. Uh, is that guy with the beer... Well, that, okay, that, those kids were so mean to that Oh, man. no, no, no. That's a dick move. Yeah. <laughs> That's a dick move, but the guy comes in into the into the living room. Yeah. Beer spraying like spraying it's, everywhere like it's a fountain. Asshole children have just forced him <laughs> off his bike. And the For idea, those who don't remember the scene, I do want to explain so people know what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy's riding down the street on a, on a, he's on a bicycle, and he's got this, like, huge, huge case of beer that he's sort of struggling to keep on the handlebars as he rides. And then these shithead little kids... <laughs> they, yeah, who are uh, playing with remote control cars? Um, see this guy, and then they, they drive their their RC cars like in front of the bike while he's going downhill, so he can't just like stop easily. Right, um, forcing him to crash the bike and like spill beer everywhere, ruin, destroy the beer. It's it's so mean. Yeah, it's really. Mean. And maybe this is me coming from someone who rides a bike a lot, <laughs> but, but that's just that is such a cruel prank. Especially as like clearly like he's got stuff he's been trying to hold on yeah. to to not break and you yeah. little shits. Yeah. <laughs> um and yeah, he comes into the living room. And like, listen, no one is less appreciative of the activity of drinking beer and watching football to me. I think that's a terrible way to spend time. <laughs> I don't think it's good. I don't think it's fun. I'm it's uh, no one is less likely to support this man in his task than right. I am. But that's a mean prank. <laughs> Uh, but there's something about it where I feel like what I feel like it's super Spielberg is the shot of all these guys like standing in front of a television yeah. and he's got like this water fountain's yeah. work of beer spitting out yeah. and no one's really acknowledging that. Yeah, they're just watching the game. Watching the game. They're yeah. almost they're almost too invested in the game yeah. to really be bitching about him putting beer all over their faces in the television. Yeah, and the floor and everywhere. And the floor and everywhere, but whatever. It's a, yeah. I almost feel like that's a, that's a Spielberg funny gag. Yeah. Whether it's a funny gag or not, up to you. But <laughs> I thought it was a funny gag. See, I, I thought it was a funny gag. All yeah. right. So I was I, looking I, I was feeling you out on that I, one. I like that gag. Although it didn't, it didn't make so much sense as the gag continued, so they're watching the football game, yeah. and then suddenly it changes to Mr. Rogers. Mm-hmm. That one of the guys doesn't have a funny line where he says, who's this guy? Like, how old are you to not know that? <laughs> I really like that. Um, but they keep changing back to football, they keep changing back to Mr. Rogers, and then... Um, There's a neighbor next door. Kind of the neighbor has the same remote, so when he yeah. changes the channel on his TV, their TV also changes. Mm-hmm. Which, okay, first of all, the logical sense of, I don't know how a, a, a 1982 remote would reach that far. Right. First I, of all. Unless, the, I can't even, even if the televisions were... Okay, so here's the thing. Okay, let's be clear on something. Um, I was born in 83. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, you were born... 91. 91. Yeah. If you were cognizant enough well, in so the I'm early sure 80s... I'm sure it's possible. No, I, I'm listening. Yeah. I'm asking the audience. If yeah. you were cognizant enough in the early 80s 
tell me yeah. if that is the, how accurate this could have happened. Because I don't that's, know. That's not even my main complaint about this, okay. this situation. Mm. So the problem is that anytime the neighbor changes the remote, it changes his TV as well. Mm-hmm. But the, there's, there's still buttons on the TV. Right. They could just change it back to football on the TV without using their remote. Right. And then that wouldn't affect the neighbor's TV, so the neighbor wouldn't have to change the sure. channel back. And it's a very easily solved problem. Unless there's another case... This is pro- I guess the only answer I can think of is that uh, it's a classic stupid dude macho pissing contest between well, those yeah. guys. Yeah. So you're right. There's yeah. a logical answer. Yeah. But that's not what they're arguing about. No. Um, these, clear- these two clearly never liked each other. Yeah. So... Uh, like I don't think it's the butt kiss level, like, yeah. <laughs> or the bump, you know, uh, for, no, bumpuses uh, in the Christmas bumpus, story. Yeah, the, the bumpus, bumpus sounds. Yeah, I don't think it's that level. Yeah, but they clearly aren't fans of each other. And then there's that later scene too when they're at the neighbor's doorstep, telling, asking if they've had any ghost issues, essentially. Yeah, um, and they keep getting bitten by mosquitoes, <laughs> and the neighbor's just going on. And I was like, no, nope, no one in my family's ever been bit by a mosquito. Hey, boy, <laughs> you ever got bit by a mosquito? No, Dad. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. <laughs> um, so let's go to the to the finale. Yeah. Like, oh, really? Like, okay, so we're talking about... I know I keep doing this goof, and it sounds like I'm just doing it to make fun of the movie, but I each time I am genuinely asking, which one are you talking about? I'm going to go into... So we're, we just got into the big, what feels like the big summer blockbuster happy ending. Yeah. Uh, they grabbed Carol Ann. Mm-hmm. Um, every, goopy cover, everyone covered in goopy. Covered in placenta is Couple how of, I would describe it. That's actually exactly what that looks like. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so placenta. Yeah. And um, I will admit that the f- before shit hits the fan, yeah. I was getting a bit tense. Yeah. Like, I was sitting there. All of a sudden I realized, I'm because I was looking at the clock and I went, there's 20 minutes. Oh shit! There's 20 minutes left. Yeah, that's a lot to do one more fuck you to the yeah. audience. Yeah, and so I'm sitting there and, um, yeah, I think it's actually smartly done mm-hmm. to me, or I like this how they do it here is that they cut to Caroline in bed, they cut to the son in bed, they cut to the mom in the in the bath. So yeah, you're talking about this is the this is the the, the end 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 end. And like, well, here's the thing about this though. Yeah. It goes on so long. I kind of like... There's no possible way you couldn't be expecting something to happen. Well, that's the thing. I think I like that. Yeah. And I think I'm cool with that because of the fact of the matter is... But the question isn't so much... It's going on so long, so the question for me is... The tension for me isn't something's going to happen is, okay, but who's it going to happen to? Yeah. So they linger on all three to make you guess, second guess, is it going to be Carol Ann again? Is it going to be the the sun? No one the, cares about the sun. It's clearly it, not going to be the sun, even though it kind of is the well, sun. It, but it, yeah, but uh, you know, and especially because they're leaning back on that horrifying clown doll. Yeah. Is it going to be the sun? Is well, it going to be the thing. mom in the bathtub? You yeah. know, so the lead up is interesting to me until it's like the release is finally okay. It's the yeah. it's the clown kid. It's a clown doll. Well, the clown doll too. I got some issues with the clown doll. Please. It, it was never to me drawn a, a clear enough line as to what role this clown doll was playing in The mm. Haunting. Right. Because we got a little scare earlier, like, early in the movie with the clown doll, where right. the clown doll in, is sitting in a rocking chair looking at the boy in bed. Mm. But in that scene, we were giving no indication that the clown doll had moved there through supernatural means. Right. Like, the boy is scared of the doll, but it's not... It also seems like he just put it there himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a little bit of a scare earlier when they think Carol Ann is dead in the closet, because there's like something under a blanket, but that's just the clown doll under the blanket. Yeah. But we did establish that that with nothing supernatural occurring with it, I really stumbled over that sentence. I apologize. <laughs> with nothing supernatural actually occurring around it, 
we've kind of built up this clown doll as something scary, and then it's there at the end of the movie, and it's like, okay, you're gonna stay in the house tonight. Fine, I guess. I don't understand why. <laughs> why? You've moved everything else out of the house. Why are you leaving that clown doll still looking at you in fucking bed, you idiot child? Yeah, right, because I would put that... <laughs> if we're insisting... Okay, here's a question, right? <laughs> if you, as a child, hate that clown doll... <laughs> yeah! At so, and you, but you've never brought up to your parents, can we get rid of that? Yeah. <laughs> Even after all this, after all this, after all this, if I was the kid, yeah, I would have. If we're packing shit, mm -hmm. guess what was the first thing that was gonna go at the bottom of the box? This is clown doll. <laughs> yes. So yeah, why is the clown doll back in the chair? And then the other thing too that I think, and maybe this is just me being a future asshole. <laughs> like, we know how to do it better now. The more traditional version of this scare, I would say, that is more effective as well, is there's the, a clown doll somewhere in the house that you've put away, yeah. and then it reappears in the chair. Yeah. They do the reverse here, which is, to me, just not nearly as effective. Mm. The clown doll's in the chair, and then it's gone. Right. Because that, to me, is so much easier to explain if it's like, oh, it fell over or something. Right. But that, that's how they do it in this one, and I don't know, it just, it, it super just doesn't really work for me. Right. It's, yeah, I almost feel like that's a case of the clown doll's there to clearly be... Boo. Yeah. Boost. Uh, but I, I don't know. It's just, there's so many better ways to do it. Um, and yeah, it just, and as the instigator of this finale, like you say, oh, it's going to happen to the to the boy. But I don't even think of it as happening to the boy because immediately Carol Ann and the mom are the two more at peril. That's true. As soon as the clown is dispatched. That's true. Um, I mean, the clown was dragging the kid underneath the bed. So there was a good chunk where it was, yeah. It was the boy and the mom. And, and the mom was, you know, she's getting that nice, still always effectively creepy, being pulled around in a room effect. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, and, and then we kind of get shit hits the fan like no other. Yeah. Like, because as we find out that the uh, the land where the houses were built, we, yeah. we didn't establish, uh, Craig T. Nelson's character is a real estate agent. Yeah. Um, the house, the, the land that the house were built was over uh, a former... Uh, cemetery. Cemetery. Yeah. But as we find out, the, the tombstones were moved, yeah. but not the bodies themselves. So yeah. it's it's literally crazy cuckoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything ghost shit could happen all at once, which I almost feel like that was the point. Yeah. Um, I was okay with it. Um, especially because when it started, when it started spreading out to the rest of the neighborhood, yeah, that was kind of crazy cool to me. Like it's just all the houses yeah. were starting to get like two shitloads of tombstones and mm -hmm. and then and explosions and yeah. things like that. So I kind of like that it went. I, what I mean, the fuck? Holy crap! At the end, I mean, I guess it, it's the sort of thing where again it makes sense. I just don't think the way it plays out is especially compelling or tense. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, and I'm not in weird... love with it. I'll be honest yeah. with that. But I thought it was like, oh, that's kind of a fun ending. Yeah. Yeah. And then with the with the bit at the end where um, Jabeth Williams is sort of being dragged along first the wall and then the ceiling. Yeah. I I sort of like the the visual of of like just being dragged across the ceiling. I think it's really cool the way they shot it. The effects look really good. But again, it's got that weird element of like, why why is she in her underwear? And this yeah. is kind of a sexy scene. Yeah. When it wasn't like that at all in the rest of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, that does, again, that, that's one of those things where it does feel like a weird make it a horror movie note. Yeah. And that sticks out, like yeah. the goopy, yeah. the goopy rip-off face scene. Like, yeah. those, oh, you have to make it more like a horror movie. Yeah. And, and, and if that was the intention, 
okay, but you guys just sort of off-balanced it. Yeah. And if it was an, it was an addition, which could argue, mm-hmm. could have been. Yeah. Specifically the Goopy met face scene. Like yeah. I feel like that's a reshoot. That could be a reshoot if they want. If they said it was. If yeah. they said it was a reshoot, I wouldn't be shocked. Basically. Yeah. Um. And that's one of those reshoots like, well, Steven's not available. Toby, you, you want to actually direct something for yeah. us? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I I, th- I think the movie did pretty well when it came out. Yeah, very well. Very well. That's it did really well. Obviously, there's yeah. two sequels. Yeah. Um, you ever seen the other two? No. Say, um, I kind of want to now because I just get the vibe there would be a Jaws sequel vibe to them, which is something <laughs> I I find fun to watch. Um, some point I would consider it. I'm yeah. actually mildly intrigued to watch the remake. Yeah. The 2015 remake. Yeah. Which I will. I remember when they announced it and I saw the first trailer. I was like, Why are we doing this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even though we were talking about there's possibilities of of things that you and me don't think really quite work. Yeah. So I guess there's basis to fix it. But they already fixed it with in, in Insidious. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was my point. It's like, I already got a really good Poltergeist remake. It was Insidious. Yeah. <laughs> why do it? Why do an obvious one? Yeah. Insidious is a very good Poltergeist remake. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and I and I was and I was watching the trailer. I went, oh look, it's the clown scene. Yeah. Oh look, it's the TV scene. Except you miss you went too obvious with the creepiness. Yeah. Like, what if we have hands behind the screen? No. No. Guys, there's a reason it wasn't before. <laughs> no. no. No, it's creepy. The uh, no, it was out perfectly creepy the first time. Yeah. Well, can we talk about the tendrils that come out of the TV at a certain point in this film? Yes. Okay. They don't. I think this was another point, and it's happened before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess it's never happened before because Jurassic Park, I think specifically, is where Spielberg was really good at knowing what could be done and what couldn't with special effects. This to me felt like they were a little overconfident. They looked a little. <laughs> they looked a little cartoony next to the real people. In yeah. It really took me out of the movie. Yeah, I can see that. I'm not gonna... Yeah. I, I think that's... It's got a weird, ah, uh, 80s, you're yeah. figuring that out charm. Yeah. But it doesn't quite work. Yeah. Um, now, before we forget, uh, I would think it'd be a bit of a crime, one way or another, however you feel, mm-hmm. if we don't discuss Zelda Rubenstein. Yeah. His character. Yeah. How do you feel about... Not uh, great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe it's because at this point, I was just so... Um, I don't know. I was just so like, oh, this is dragging, and I was bored, and I, I, I wasn't really as receptive to the movie as I maybe had been earlier in it. Mm-hmm. I also, it just felt like another thing where I, I really did like as much as I, I, they're kind of associated with this part of the movie that I thought dragged. I liked the team of investigators. Yeah, I thought they did a really good job. Yeah, and bringing this character just seemed so, I don't know, kind of pointless. Um, and again, just maybe tonally clashed a little where. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe that was the point. Was they've tried the science way with the investigators, and that didn't work. So we need the more kind of spooky, weird, spiritual um, uh, woman to come in. But right. I, I don't know. It just felt it felt like a sort of watered down version of this concept, mm-hmm. and and kind of unnecessary to me. Um, I think part of the issue that for me. Mm-hmm. Is that she? It's kind of another situation of a no buildup. Yeah, yeah. There's she, that too. She just shows up. Yeah. Um. There's no. Like I, I guess maybe what would have helped is if, she, if the woman who we met for initially, mm-hmm. the first woman who was in charge of the investigating group. Yeah. Um. I forgot her name right now, but the, the actress did really good. Yeah. She has really some really good scenes with with yeah. with the family and and with the mom. So I, uh, I felt like if there was a scene, of her talking about or getting ready to go meet up with Zelda and we just and we meet Zelda at yeah. the house yeah. that would have helped with the 
better reveal of her. Yeah. But out of nowhere, in comes Zelda Rubenstein, um, and Craig T. makes some really mean cracks. Hey, dude. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Though I will admit that like I had a weird trip hearing someone talk about Knott's Berry Farm. Yeah. In a movie, as to clarify, mm-hmm. I live in I live in in the area of Knott's Berry Farm is that. Yeah. And. No one talks about Knott's Berry Farm, except if you live in Southern California. Yeah. So to hear a major movie talk about Knott's Berry Farm as a joke weirded me out. So yeah. I, I had a small, hey, yeah. thanks. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. Do people this, outside SoCal, like, know what Knott's Berry Farm is? I have literally no idea. It's a, it's like an amusement park that's yeah. near us. Yeah, it's an amusement park. It's, and it's, it's also in a weird place, because, like... Nuts Berry Farm is super close to me, too. Like, I, I, I don't live as close as you do. Mm-hmm. But also, at the same time, it's like, but Disneyland is not that much farther. Yeah. <laughs> and even for me, like, you're still pretty close to Disneyland, too, I'd say. Yeah. So it's like a weird thing of, like, it's it's kind of, it's a thing that everyone here knows and has some fondness for, I would say, mm-hmm. but also kind of exists in the weird shadow of the, like, hugely internationally famous park <laughs> that's also really nearby. It's like... If you want to go to an amusement park, but you can't go to Disneyland. I actually like Knott's Berry Farm better than Disneyland, but mm. that's because I don't like amusement parks. Well, that's fine. That's, yeah. But if you are, but yeah. you're in a Disney park mode, yeah. you go to Knott's. Yeah. And Knott's is perfectly serviceable and fine and yeah. fun. Bigfoot Rapids, great time. Bigfoot Rapids is food, yeah. Ghost yeah. Rider, good coaster. Go, no. Actually, Ghost Rider is a good coaster. Yeah. If you're into fried chicken, go there. Yeah, good food. fried chicken, yeah. That's for uh, hey, Knott's Berry Farm. If you want to sponsor, not the uh, Ben View on Spielberg. <laughs> I, my one condition is that you bring back the dark ride where you go on a time machine and visit dinosaurs. Oh my god! Fucking ruled, and you took it out years ago, and I'll never forgive you. Not. Oh my god! Yes, yeah. I miss that ride so much. <laughs> it was so good. Anyway, yeah. Um, that was a side talk about our our local amusement park, Knott's Berry Farm. Yep. Anywho, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm. Also, also a weird fact about Knott's Berry Farm. Okay. Because it just seems weird. So it exists in the shadow of Disneyland, and the guy, the like the main guy at, at Knott's Berry Farm who like put it all together was Walter Knott. Right. All these Walts putting these shit together. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> that is weird. Right. I didn't think of that. Um. If your name is Walt, you have at some point or another you're going to start uh, try to start an amusement park. It's just something about the name compels you. Um. So is that what he, is that what happened to Walton Lost? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he went off to go find an adventure park. <laughs> Knew it. Yeah. Um, but overall, like, what do you think of Zelda's going back to the other guys? What do you think of Zelda's performance uh, in the film? It was fine. It was fine. Yeah, I think yeah, it's. I mean, it was serviceable. I I didn't yeah. really like the character, which kind of makes it hard to appreciate the performance sure. necessarily. But I, I I thought it was serviceable. I thought she was fun enough. Yeah, like I get like it, it, she's definitely a. Uh, otherworldly, which yeah. helps. Um, but I feel like, yeah, overall, I, I had fun with the character. I even liked the little Benetton where the mom, you know, the, the, the she was gonna go in and grab Caroline. And the oh, I do like this line. Yeah, when the mom was like, "No, I'm gonna get. She won't go to you. She'll go to me. Yeah. You've never done this before. Neither of you. You're right. You you'll go." go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So no, that's that's not bad. That's yeah. that's a lot of fun. Yeah, I like that line. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, yeah, anything else? Uh, um, I did appreciate the movie. Didn't uh, it? Didn't make you think the dog was gonna die? Yeah, oh, that was nice. It was a cute dog, and the dog was never really put in peril. And I appreciate that because yeah. I don't like to see dogs in peril. Right. It's a cute dog. First thing we see in the movie is a dog stealing some potato chips out of the boy's bed. Yeah, that's good. That's good. He's enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> a good dog. It's a good dog. Good dog. Uh, let me look at my notes. See if there's any last thing I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Oh yeah, the mom smokes weed at one point in the movie. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I I actually kind of I think this is a point where I was remember in the, one of the other podcasts I listened to '80s all over again. Mm-hmm. They brought up the fact that like around the early '80s, there was this acceptance. Yeah. Of having parents smoke weed. Yeah. In movies, it and, kind of rules. And not only were they smoking weed. They were. They had no problem with the kids knowing about. Yeah, it. Yeah, like the kid walks in the room while she's smoking weed. She just takes the last puff and like puts it out. Yeah. Like, it's not like she hides it or anything. Yeah. Um. Super cool. I totally didn't. I was super thrown off by that. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, hey, sweet. And she's like, I guess a cigarette. She's like, oh, honey, what's wrong? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a weird thing where too. I, I, they're maybe trying to show a little contrast between the parents there in that scene where she's smoking weed and the dad is literally reading a Ronald Reagan biography <laughs> at the same time. Um, a very thin Ronald Reagan biography. I noticed as well to the point where I was like, is he is he just holding a book jacket? <laughs> Maybe there's not much to the Ronald Reagan biography. He was an actor, and he was a politician. <laughs> yeah, he was an actor, and he was a very evil president. Yeah. That's my version of the biography. That's not a... That's a short book. Yeah. <laughs> um, Fuck Ronald Reagan. I just want to sneak that in there. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Uh, yeah, that's kind of... Uh, that's, that's a good point. That's a funny part to, to bring up. Yeah. I, yeah. The, the 80s, early 80s, they were too super loose about having parents. Like, uh, parents. And it was parent characters, might I yeah, add. Yeah, yeah. It was always, like, like 9 to 5, there's a famous scene in 9 to 5. Yeah. Where, like, the uh, Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda and, 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 and Dolly Parton are just, like, smoking out on, an, on a lunch break. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, fuck our job. We're gonna go... We got... My, my son just got a nickel-dime bag... Just, just smoke it in the house. And I'm like, what the fuck, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It's interesting to see the way, like, mainstream pop culture has treated weed over the years. Because yeah. then I feel like it dipped real... Weirdly, like, in the 80s, was, was seemed like there was really the war on drugs. Like, really, was huge and just saying, oh, and all that. Yeah. And yet, movies were like, eh, it's fucking weed. It's fine. <laughs> Listen, there's a fucking worse shit we gotta worry about. Yeah, but then, like, you look at the 90s, and I feel like in the 90s, like... There were a lot of, like, movies and TV shows that were, like, weed was, like, the worst thing. Right. Like, you think about any time weed came up on Friends, and it was, like... <laughs> like, the idea that a quote-unquote normal person would ever even dream of touching that, that demon drug, <laughs> it, it, it was, like, laughable. And it's just... I don't know. It's weird. It's interesting. Yeah, no, it's almost like weed... Yeah, because <laughs> weed got to that reputation in the 90s as the gateway drug again. Yeah. And it's, like, you know, the famous, like, who do... Who taught you how to smoke this? Where'd you see this? Like, Todd learned it from watching you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but whereas the early 80s, they, they accepted, like, like weed's like, listen, it's illegal, but I mean, it's, it's weed. Yeah. <laughs> cool out. <laughs> like, what's wrong with weed? I feel like we're getting back there, too. Is it the vaping? I don't think it's vaping. I think it's just that weed's becoming legal in so many places. That's now. true. No, like, yeah, yeah, no, that's true. I was saying, like, is the vaping helping? <laughs> oh, I, who knows? I don't, I don't know enough about vape culture. I just know that I like to ask the question whenever I'm watching a movie. You think that character it... vapes? <laughs> <laughs> you know about the website, Which One Vapes, right? No, I don't. Well, it's gone. I think it's down now. But it started as a joke on the McElroy uh, Brothers podcast, My Brother and Brother and Me. Mm. And then someone actually made this website where the whole website was just, it would give you two celebrities, two famous people, yeah. and you vote on which one you think uh, is more likely to vape. Mm-hmm. That's the whole website. That's really And funny. then you vote and it tells you who, who like, it, it has rankings too of, like, who is voted most likely to vape. <laughs> I know Dane Cook was usually at the top of the list of most likely to vape. Uh, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um... So between Spielberg and George Lucas, who do you think is most likely to vape? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Oh, fuck. 
Because <laughs> I could really see cases being made for either of them. Right. I think it's got to be George Lucas, though. I feel you're right. Yeah. Right. Like, Lucas feels like he's a vapor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> that was Poltergeist. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so... To do our usual, like, well, ain't yeah. old new wrecks. Yeah, um, this is a wreck that I was probably, I was late to the game with. I, I feel like most of you probably saw this before I did, but it's, I'm going to do a dual wreck uh, for the Adams Family and Adams Family movie values. Holy shit, those movies fucking rule. I love those movies. They're so good, and yeah. I had never seen them until recently, and they're incredible. Yeah. They're, like, amazing. They hold up super well. Um, so if you're if you're one of the dopes like me who had, who hadn't seen uh, the Adams Family or Adams Family Values, they're both amazing. It's kind of a there's this thing with like it's Barry Sonnenfeld. Yeah, he it, made some good movies for a while. There was a there was a nice chunk, and yeah. like what was cool about Barry Sonnenfeld with th- both these movies is yeah. that he was like tapping in a little bit to his Coen brother experience. Yeah. And then a smidge, good smidge of Tim Burtonism. Yeah. But it didn't feel like he was ripping either guys off. No. It felt like he had his own sense of humor that really worked out with it. Yeah. And you get these fucking gorgeous movies. They look good. Yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> they're God, they're so good. They look good, out. and it's just perfectly cast. And it's like it's ah, uh, <laughs> like especially because as a kid, I didn't, I didn't realize. That Uncle Lester was was Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd, yeah. I didn't, I didn't feel it because that's how good no. of a chameleon Christopher Lloyd can be. Yeah, it was like that's not Doc Brown. That's, that's not Shirley. <laughs> Shirley, you're joking with me right uh, now. No, that pudgy bald man. That's clearly not Doc Brown. Oh my god, Doc Brown is like <laughs> tall and wire. Yeah, this man is short and pudgy. What are you talking about? Yeah, but it's smaller deliveries. I realized like where he's like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, there it is. Oh, there it is. There's yeah. That Lloyd. Um, also, uh, Christina Ricci, one of my early crushes. Oh, God, she's so good in these movies, <laughs> oh, yeah. too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, those times when I'm looking at a child and thinking, oh, I want to be her when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And, uh, and fucking Angelica uh, Houston and Raul Julia. Are, is it Julia or Julia? Julia. It is Julia. Okay. Fucking, oh, my God. They're, they're fucking, everyone in this movie is amazing. Yeah. No, it's, it, it's guys, it, Raul Julia is so good. Yeah. As Gomez, that is now officially become like the quintessential. Yeah, you think of Raul Julia, you think of Gomez, and he's yeah. so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's and they they're done to get. Uh. you know what's a cruel thing mm, mm. is there's a uh, Raul Julia's main picture on Wikipedia is a still of him playing Dracula, and mm. then it's from some fucking play that I can't watch. <laughs> I want to see him play Dracula. Oh, clearly that would be incredible. Well, clearly, look how good he is here. He, yeah, he can do that in spades. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's it's uh, yeah. This it's it's really good. Yeah, those two are very check very out good. those movies. They're incredible. Yeah. Um, it's not a wreck, but the last new movie I saw, um, I feel like I have to bring it up is uh, is is a uh, Netflix's Death Note. Oh yeah, I've seen that movie. Okay, that movie's bad. Yeah. It's a conflict for me because yeah. I'm sitting there going like I'm a guy who uh, I was defending that movie. I was defending the idea of the movie for a while. Yeah. Um, I know there's the yeah, I don't want to go too much into it because we're at the end, but I'll just say as an adaptation because mm-hmm. I actually am familiar enough with the manga. Yeah. There are things in it that I oh that's kind of cool. Yeah. But man oh man I got a lot of problems with it. Yeah. And uh, I was just gonna say right now Nat Wolf is super miscast. Yeah. 
like that's the main kid, right? Yeah, that's Light Turner yeah. in this version. Super miscast. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mia is, is a horribly underwritten. Is not a character. Yeah. I would say good casting on Ryuk, and then they just completely gutted and ruined that character. Yeah, but no, Defoe is amazing. Yeah. No, it's Defoe is, is great Yeah, as the part. Um, what they wrote for him, it's, though. It's whatever, yeah. yeah. Um, um, I like the different take on L. And I, I loved L. Yeah, yeah, I love that actor. Yeah, and that I, actor's great. I think his performance is great. Yeah, um, that L is, is not exactly the same. No. But it so feels right. Yeah. That I'm cool with the interpretation of it. And yeah, that act, I fucking love that guy. Yeah. I, I love him in, in, in Atlanta. I love him in Get Out. We both love him and neither of us can remember his name, it seems like, because yes, neither I know. of us have said it. Like, I can't pronounce it properly. I don't, I just don't remember what it is. Um, he's really amazing in, in uh, Short Term 12. Mm. I haven't uh, seen the film, but I believe you, because I like that actor a lot. And uh, he played Snoop Dogg in Straight Outta Compton, uh-huh. and he was fucking a chameleon i didn't know that was him yeah. i thought they grabbed that's shocking to me that you, I, i'm learning that right now and i cannot believe that was him he he no i thought they just grabbed snoop dogg yeah. <laughs> from the past yeah. and shoved him in the movie but that is him as snoop dogg he's so good yeah uh huge fan i wish i could say his name <laughs> he's very good as hell i also i will say in that movie there was something that i kind of liked but then they didn't really follow through to the conclusion. And also, I liked it, but it was super not Death note Was There was a kind of Final Destination vibe. Yeah. To it, whereas, like, in Death Note, I, I, so my familiarity with Death Note is I've seen the anime and I've seen this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't read the manga, though. Um, but there was, like, an element where, like, if you put something that's kind of impossible, yeah. it won't just go heart attack like it might in other versions. It'll, it'll find a way to, like, the universe will find a way to make that thing happen. Right. In a very Final destination way, which, if you love the Final Destination movies like I do, it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But they kind of abandoned that. Yeah. And, 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 yeah, so. The rules are, they started making up their own, yeah. they got really weird with the rules. Yeah. And I was like, I'm now lost. And it's also, <laughs> like, one of the things that's, like, it, Death Note's dumb. Like, can we agree with, like, like even with Death Note is good, it's still, like, oh, this is kind of, like... Oh, the idea? This is so overwrought, and, but, but fun. No. It was dumb. fun. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, And yeah, the yeah. one point in this movie where you get to, like, you find, like, Light's kind of final plan is revealed at the end. And yeah. I can see how that's supposed to be super, like, Death note Like, yeah. there, there are so many moments in the anime where it's, like, you know, the thing happens, and then we get ten minutes of light just explaining, like, ah, I knew you would do this, I knew you would do that, so I did this, and this, and that. Yeah. Um, but it just, it it fails to be fun in this yeah. movie, which is what's so upsetting about it. I, it's just as overwrought and crazy, but it, not in a fun way, and no. it's a real letdown. I think the movie also tries to do too much. Yeah. Like, it gets to the point where it's like, we're at that point where the, the montage is trying to explain the career of Kira. Yeah. And I'm like... Now we're doing this now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to slow down a little bit? It's yeah. like it, it feels like they have to shove in both movies, both original Japanese movies, yeah. half the season of the ma- of the anime, yeah. and all the and like seven volumes of the manga in a ninety minute movie. Yeah. And I'm like, you couldn't pull that off no. at all. <laughs> and there was no sexual tension between Light and L in this movie. Zero. Which is, to me, the most important thing about the anime. Because they needed three more scenes of it. Yeah. Like, there was the one scene yeah. at the cafe, which I'm like, okay, that's that's not bad. Yeah. But, like, that was the point, right? They yeah. have this back and forth. Yeah. When I was, they, I described, that's what, how you describe L's in Light's relationship. is like, if I breathe a little differently, he'll know I'm Kira. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like, well, if I step this way, he'll know I'm onto him that he's Kira. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's how their relationship is for like four mangas. Yeah. <laughs> Here it's like one scene, and it's like it's fine. Yeah. But it doesn't get to the the juicy parts about yeah. it. Um. But L's great. Yeah. L's great. L is great. So if um, you can get just a, an edit of the Death Note movie where it's just L's scene, I would recommend that. I would recommend that. I would, or if you can't, just okay. If you have Netflix, just skim. Yeah. See when he shows up. Yeah. Skim, see when he shows up. I also appreciate the one scene where he is in proper L outfit. Yeah. Where uh, he's in his white t shirt, white long sleeve t shirt. Yeah. And his pants. But what's also cool, he's always in L's position. He stands like L. Yes. Which I loved. Yeah. So yeah, again, L's great in Death Note. Yeah. But rest That's is. That's true of any version of Death Note. That's so. actually very true. L's the best thing I in Death Note. I fucking love L so much. L is the best thing in Death Note. I will super agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, in any new movie, I nothing new we were adding to that. that yeah. Was it. yeah. So, yeah, there we go. All right. Okay. Plugs. Oh, yeah, we do those. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Say your say thing. I'll start. I'll start talking. Um, you could find me on Twitter at JustinKeyzon, on Instagram at JustinQuiz. Um, yeah, still doing video day, shockingly enough. Um, you could also find me on my other podcast, Nothing New, a remake podcast with Andrew Lindy. Um, and yes, if you're, uh, I brought this up a show a couple times, but if you're in deep, uh, with Japanese superhero television shows and you're watching the current Kamen Rider show, Kamen Rider Build, go, go to Pop Culture Renegades on YouTube, PCR, uh, I think PCR TV, and we are, uh, every Sunday we do a live stream about the last episode of Kamen Rider Build, um, so, uh, Go to PCR TV, see where our episodes are, when we're streaming, and what time we're streaming. So, that's all my plugs. Emily? Um, you can follow me on Twitter or on Instagram at VeryCoolEmily. Uh, you can follow this show at BenOnSteve. Uh, you can write us an email, BenViewOnSpielberg at gmail.com. Check out my other show I do with Andrew Lindy, who is the host on Nothing New with Justin. <laughs> uh, we do a show called The Super Mario Bros. Minute, where we talk about the Super Mario Bros. movie minute by minute, and we watch each minute the number of times that it is. Um, what yeah. number are you on now? We're in the 40s now. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we record two episodes at once, so every um, every time we record now, we're watching 80 minutes of two minutes of the Super Mario Bros. movie. Um, it's a fun time. Y'all should check that out. Super Mario Bros. Minute. Um, what else? Uh, write, write and review us on iTunes. We like that. Do it. Go and have fun. And join us next month. And we'll talk about something else. See you then. <laughs>